Y'all like that beat? I'm asking you guys like you guys know. That's a good beat, Wyatt. Thanks, man. I mean, seriously, you're getting better. We're getting better knowing what we know, you know? We're knowing each other now. It's it's like a typical relationship. It's like we we know each other now. We're getting to know each other better now. Like, you know what kind of music I like and everything. So, isn't that cool? Yeah. Don't you think so? I think it's great. Anyway, hey, it's BT. Welcome to Tales from a Gemini. And, uh, man, first of all, thank you, everybody, for uh, just the words of encouragement and just everything. Sometimes you don't know how it's going over, whatever, and I get people on the DM, on the hit me on my DM, and they um, tell me, you know, all these things, and, and it just, it keeps me going, man, and that's what you need in life, to get that little, that pat on the back and say, like the song said, rub me on my back and say, baby, it'll be okay, and that's what I feel, and that's what I uh, appreciate for all you guys doing that to me, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, so yeah, thank you guys, I appreciate that. My guest today, I cannot wait to interview this guy, this guy, I knew him. I want to say when he was a kid, but he's only 19 and he's kicking. He he's owning it. This this dude, you guys should link up, Wyatt, because this guy is a, a year older than you, and he has the, he has the world in his palm, like right here. The world is in his palm. Seriously, he's got everything. Just like you, he's got everything, bro. Every. I mean, I don't I don't know your financial situation, but he's got pretty much everything. I mean, like right now, he's about to own the world, bro. And he's not even not even 20 yet. You're 18, he's 19, and both of you guys are killing it. You're 19? Oh, excuse me, man. You got to do me like that in front of my audience, in front of my listening audience. Just going, he goes, I'm 19. Okay, whatever, Wyatt. I mean, just be that way, bro. But no, you guys both are killing it. Can't wait for him to click in. I just hit him up, so I hope he hits me back. He hit me up this morning, and I saw him typing, and I thought, oh, man, he's going to cancel. That's my, that's my biggest fear. You know, the, the, the day of, you have a guest on, and they uh, cancel at the last minute. And I saw him go, oh, no, 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 no. He just goes, hell, from what I asked him last night early, and he and he. Came in with, hell yeah, bro, I can't wait. Uh, what time are we going to jump in before we start recording? So I just hit him up. So he should be hitting me up in the next two minutes. And uh, my guest, like I said, I always wait till they click in. But it's uh, Sean Dillon Kelly. He's in the Super Sports Series in um, Moto America. And what he's accomplished and what he's on the precipice right now, when I say he's about to own the world, rule the world, I'm not even exaggerating. This guy has everything, man. He's got the looks. He's got the smarts, and he's got the to know how to win. He's got the, he's got a great family. He's got, I mean, all the ingredients to make a burrito of success is what he has. Hey, what's up, man? And so and that's why I can't wait for him. I hope he clicks in. Now, he didn't respond back, but I hope he clicks in. We've got one more minute. If not, you and me, I can talk. I can talk this through. But I don't think, I don't think the time should be going, though, I mean, because I didn't even interview him, I mean, even though it's just me, you know. I don't think the time should be going anywhere. I like. Oh, here we go. He's typing in. He's typing in. Oh, this is the great. Yes. Oh, here we go. All right. We're. I'm gonna say we're ready. I can't wait. Oh. I, this never gets old. When they, when they, when I see this thing when on the on the screen comes in, this is my favorite part. It's, it's still. It never gets old. It's kind of like like I said, pizza on a Friday night. It's like when your girlfriend comes out of the shower and she's looking good. She smells good. That I mean, that never gets old, does it? I'm asking you why you got a girlfriend. It doesn't get old. You don't have a girlfriend no more? Oh, no, you didn't. What happened? No, you didn't. What happened? I wasn't listening. What happened? Oh, and she left you? Oh, man, you were sick of her? Oh, it was just one of the things that wasn't working at the time? He hadn't clicked yet? Okay, hold on a second. We're ready. Okay. I said we're ready. Okay. I'm going to say just click it. I feel like an idiot. Just click it. Then he sees me cussing him out. Just click it, dummy. I'm saying all these nice things about him. Now I'm like, just click it, dummy. Come on, SDK. We had his coach on last week. Um, well, th- th- that, that episode is going to drop... It's going to drop tonight, the one with uh, Michael Torres. And he was the one, uh, the military guy. He was, he was his coach. And he's great. It's just his answers were so thought out, well thought out, very well planned. And that really, hello, 
how you doing? And it made me just like, it, 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 here, here he goes. He's coming in. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, Gabrielle. Hey, what's up? Hey, can you see me? Can you hear me? I can hear you and I can see you. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, BT, how are you? I'm doing great. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I saved the intro for before you came on. And like I said, this guy has everything. He's the Hollywood heartthrob, the heartthrob of Hollywood. This man has the world in his palm of his hands. And I'm not even just saying this to say this, dude. You are this close to owning everything, bro, because you are so money. Mr. Sean Dylan Kelly, what's up, bro? How you doing today, man? Thank you, BT. Good. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, man, thank you. You know, I knew it was going to be cool because, you know, I, I, I went back. I was thinking about when we first met. And I know it was, I think it was the Red Bull Rookies Cup. It had to be. I knew that. But I don't know where. It was over in, in Europe somewhere. And I just remember going, this kid has it. And, and you know it when you see it because you, you had the million-dollar smile. But behind that is so much talent. And I remember just rooting for you every week because nobody watches Red Bull Rookies Cup like I do. I'm, I'm a dork. I watch every race there is, man. Yeah, and I just yeah. remember watching and rooting for you. And, I mean, man, I, what you did over there was incredible. And I remember I think the best you did, was, I think, was a, a top six in Assen. And I remember yes, that race. And, and, and then you come over here and you kick ass. And the thing, when I tell people all the time, I go, that's how great the World Red Bull Rookies Cup is, is that you, like I said, best finish with a top six. And that talent pool over there is, I mean, it's steep. And you come over here and you just, you, you annihilate people. He's yeah. the youngest rider. You're the youngest rider. I'm, I'm saying this for my, my producer is the same age you are. You guys are the same. You guys are synonymous. You both are kicking ass at, 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 as teenagers. And I, t and I told him, I said, this guy is just like you. He's 19, and he's killing. You came over here, and the, the most prestigious race in America was the Daytona 200. This guy right here, 70 years. This race is almost 80 years old. This guy right here that you're looking at, look at him, Wyatt. This guy right here holds the record in the history of that race for a pole position. He, what, 18 you did it or 16? How old were you? I was 16 when I did that pole position. 16 years old, an 80-year-old race that is the most prestigious race in, a, in America, Wyatt. And this guy at 16 comes over and kicks it in the ass. Dude, I was looking at your resume. I'm going, this guy has it all. And I mean that, Sean. Do, I mean, do you even realize that? Thank you, BT. I, I honestly, it's been, like you say, you know, we, uh, we met when I was in the Rookies Cup. And that was quite the story. You know, I mean, I have a... Uh, you know, a lot to talk about in terms of that and, you know, how, how we even got there, how my family, everything we had to go through for that. But for sure, just, you know, everything I learned being in that championship, everything I learned, uh, not only as a racer, but also as a person, you know, being in GP, you know how the paddock is there. It's really special. So yes. um, now to, to have been able to come back here in the, in the States and race in 2019 and now 2020 has been really, really special for me. And it's definitely guess uh revives my career because at the end of 2018 i had some doubts of what was going to happen for me but um honestly it, it's been pretty good the last couple of years and i'm really happy about that wow we'll get into that and what i want i wanted to say the funny thing about it i i hit i hit your buddy up and 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 he goes ask him about his long hair how come we don't have his long hair anymore and he and he, and he said ask him about <laughs> he goes ask him about i mean you guys raced in many nationals and you know who i'm talking about don't you yeah yeah. <laughs> so what happened to the long hair, man? I'm looking at the old clips, and he had you had a mane. It was don't get me wrong, it was nice, it was nice, but you had a mane. What happened? You went all you went all corporate on me. Honestly, what happened is that I I had that same fit for like 13 years, you know. So I was, you know, from from <laughs> zero years old to 13. It's it's quite the you know quite the experience, and I honestly I just got tired of it and. The reason is, so I really ran that because my parents are Argentinian. Both of right. them are from Argentina. So that's a very typical thing to run long hair over there. Uh -huh. um, so obviously up to 13 years old, they were the ones doing my haircuts. They were the one in, in charge, you know. Um, and when I was 13, I, I was just going to get a normal haircut from one to the <laughs> other. And I went up. I, I remember I was sitting at the salon, at the, at the barber, and my mom was there next to me. I, I think I was, yeah, I had just turned 13, something like that. And I look and I look at my mom, I'm like, mom, I want to cut my hair off. Like, I, I want to get short hair. And this is the first time ever that she didn't completely freak out on me and say, no. She looked at me and she said, you know what? Do whatever you want. I'm like, 
did you really just say that? Like, are you are you sure you just let me like you're gonna let me cut all of this off? And she was like, do whatever you want. It's your hair. You're you're old enough already. I'm like, all right, let's go. And honestly, I'm I, I'm definitely glad I did it because I look back at some pictures of when I was like 13 years old and I was I was at my face, man. I I had glasses. I, I still can't see well. I wear contacts now. I had glasses. I had braces and I had long hair. So I'm like, what, what were you doing, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> no, you were still killing. Don't give me that. Because you know what? If you had the long hair now, do you know how girls would go crazy? You could be the next Fabio, the, the, the butter guy, not Fabio Cartuara, the, the, the butter guy. You take your helmet off and you do that, that flip that, that black guys <laughs> wish we could do, but we don't unless we like a jerry curl. But you know that, that flip that just kind of like you take your helmet off and you go, Yes, I'm Sean Dylan Kelly. I'm the Moto America champion. If you did that, man. Do well, hey, that's why, I mean, I have something now. You know, I have something to be able to do the whip with. <laughs> no, you need the long hair. And so you can take your helmet off and just do that and do that move right there. Kind of kind of like, like a rock star in the 80s. Kind of like, yeah, dude, the, the bike was performing real well. And I, just, hey, I just knew it. I, 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 might, I might grow it out one day. You know, I, Hair is hair, so I might I might get a little motivated and, and leave it through the shoulders, but I don't know. For now, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> okay, as long as you're happy, man, that's great. As long as you're happy, that's great. I had to that's tease crazy. you on that. But in real life, though, honestly, the, what got me in the feels was when I was looking at all my research on you last night, looking through the videos and everything. And what really touched me deeply is that when I when I interview interview guys, you know, I interviewed uh, Christian Daniel, who's over in Europe right now, trying to kill it in Moto5, you know, and I interviewed uh, Tanya Mazunda from Africa. She's racing, you know, motocross over here now. She's from Africa. And what always sticks to me is the parents, man. When the parents, when they give you that, that unconditional love, like, hey, you're our kid, whatever you want to, we're with you. And what, what got me was the video, and I don't know how old you were, but you had the long hair, but I forget what racetrack you guys were at. And man, your dad got the bike for you. He started it for you. You could barely, t I mean, you were tippy toeing. And man, I just remember him going, hey, love you. And you got on the bike and you look back, and I think you said it too, and got on the track. And I was like, and that just got me, man, because I watch all your races and you come into the pits and your, your circle is a circle of love. It's your family and it's Mike. And I interviewed Michael last, a couple weeks ago. And I just love the love you have for your people and your show. Tell me about your parents, because they didn't race. Yeah, and you know, they had no no aspirations of racing. And it happened, they took you to a go-kart track, and that's where your love came in. But tell, tell me about how that the this the love and how they supported you during the racing, man. That that's what gets me. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really special and it's a hundred percent the the reason why I'm here. You know, it's it's completely mom and dad. Um and it's one one already special to begin with because they weren't in the industry you know usually young riders like like me that started really young and stuff get involved because of their parents you know this is usually an ongoing thing and it's uh it runs in the family but it was not the case for us and i just i see that i was born some with something in my blood you know that just made me like racing since i was born yes. um, but i mean i started when i was six you know and already my my dad you know pushed me from the beginning my mom never said no um and you know we we're right now at the point that it's like you say you know it's a complete circle of love but also it's just a circle of passion you know like me my mom and my dad and i mean even my sister that already has a family as well herself um because she's quite a bit older than me um we, actually, we all share a passion you know like we're so passionate for this and that's just why we we seriously go through anything at this point and and we've gone through a lot honestly when i when i got into the rookies cup at the end of 2015 uh, for the 2016 season, we, we had to move to Spain. So um, that was a really, really big change for us. You know, even though it was a dream come true for me to get selected for the Rookies Cup, right. it was also, you know, a moment of recognition of, okay, we're going to have to do a lot. You know, right. like we, 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 weren't, we knew we weren't going to be able to afford racing in Europe with the Rookies Cup while living here in, in South Florida where I live. And they my parents literally said all right that means we're gonna have to live in spain we're gonna do whatever it takes and it was i'm telling you it was six months of a lot of grinding and it wasn't it was not easy you know i was i was 13 so i was i guess not as aware as i am now mm -hmm. but um i was it was still enough for me to really realize what was going on what they were really doing and it was like every day was was something, you know. Every day there was 
we had to, you know, get our house rented out. My dad owned a body shop that he had to sell. He had to sell all the cars that he was working with. My mom had to let go of her job here. Uh, we had to literally pack everything up. I had to sell all my training bikes. We had to go to Spain, which we knew only a handful of people in Spain. But luckily, those people that did know us were lifesavers. They helped us out. We were able to move uh, at the beginning of 2016. We had to stay at friends' houses in a little room, the three of us, for two months before we actually found a house. And then we just slowly started building, you know. But uh, it was six months of, of a lot of, you know, struggles. But uh, it just shows that they, they seriously went through whatever it took. They, they did not stop for anything. And, um, you know, money was, also, was always uh, a little bit of, a, of an issue, you know. Right. It was never, right. never easy. But um, it, it didn't matter, you know. It was seriously wow. that they, they selfish, uh, being selfish was not one of their, their concerns at all because they seriously left everything back here just, just for me to go race in Europe. To and at the end dream. of the day, for me to go race in Europe without knowing the outcome because the Rookies Cup is a one-year deal. It's wow. a one-year deal without knowing if you get selected with, for a second year. Like at the end of 2016, they could have yeah. easily said, okay, thanks for your year, go back home. Yeah, but my parents didn't know, but they did it anyways, you know, and luckily everything went well. You know, I, I guess I, I showed enough for the Rookies Cup to be to choose me for a second year. Yes. And even for a third year, as you know, yeah. third year in 2018. Um, but, you know, even like that, uh, my mom and dad, they we both went 2016. But uh, when I got chosen for the second year, uh, things were obviously a little bit even tighter at the end of the year in terms of money financially. So my mom actually had to come back to the States to work again. So that means that my family and I were like pretty much separated for half the, half the year. So that was, you know, really tough on my mom, really tough on, on me not being able to see her for pretty much the whole season. My dad, and a teenager too. I was, yeah. a teen, I was 14 years old. Yeah. So it was 14 in another country away from your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and, I, brother. and also, you know, I, I had completely, I had changed from being in, in normal school to going to online school. So that was a really, really big change for me. And, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, we were chasing what, what I wanted, what we had dreamed of for, for so many years. And it, that was, that's all that mattered, you know? So that is man, that I, I never, amazed at the stories that come out. I mean, honestly, like yours, the sacrifice your parents make. And for you to stay focused at that age, like, when did you realize that you had it? Like, you know, like, say, you know, you're having a good time. You're, like I said, you start out at six years old racing, and it's fun. But when did you realize, I think I got something here? Like, you know, like, I'm maybe a little bit better than that. When did you realize that? Man, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say, right? Because already getting into the Rookies Cup is is a dream, right? For, right? for thousands of riders, it's it's an absolute dream to get into that championship. But also, it's such a competitive championship. Yes, it is. It, it Like, once you're in there, it's it's a different story, right? Like, getting in is already a dream, but once you're inside the bubble, it, it changes your perspective a bit. And I feel like I, I got in very young. You know, I had just turned 13, so I was really young, and I was I was quite raw when I went into the Rookies Cup because I okay. my background before that wasn't wasn't very strong, you know, compared to other riders that get into the Rookies Cup, like Spaniards. That when they get into the Rookies Cup, they're some of them are coming from the European Talent Cup. That's a, that's yes. already it's already a, a, a very high level championship, so they know what yeah. they're getting into. I had no idea what I was getting into. You know, I was I went in 13 years old, super raw, had never seen a MotoGP race in person, had never seen all these guys in person, had never been in a on a GP track. You know, it was like I never been on a Moto Three type bike, so everything was was a lot of information for me, you know. So, right, the first year was it wasn't it wasn't a type of year where it was like realizing of like how good I was. It was more of realizing like how difficult this is, you know. It was so, it was it was honestly really tough mentally for me. Yes, yeah, at such a young age, but right. But that I also that's why I feel so uh, so grateful for for the Rookies Cup to have given me those three years because I feel like those three years is exactly what I needed for me to be able to grow the way I did grow, uh, not only as a rider, not only as a person, but also just just mentally, you know, just uh, understanding how 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 it works and how you can really grow through it. I think that's really what what marked me and what marks me right now.
Now, when you were in the Red Bull, when in, in the Red Bull Rookies Cup, your, your rookie year, when did you go, oh, my God, I, what have I done? I mean, was it when you were on the track and those guys were zooming by you? Was it just the, the first time out on a practice session you go, uh-oh? I mean, when, when was it you go, oh, boy, this is, this is going to be kind of difficult? It's funny you say that because I actually – I had one – I don't. are we allowed to say curse words in here? Hell, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> so my first oh, shit moment, honestly. <laughs> That's what I'm talking. That's what I want from you. Yeah. That's what I want. My first oh, shit moment was at the test. The first Rookies Cup test, 2016. Uh, this was at Jerez. So it was my first time at Jerez. My first time riding the Rookies Cup bike, which is a Moto3 KTM. Uh, and... I fuck, dude. I, I remember this. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, Raul Fernandez. Yes. Oh my God, that dude is so talented. Okay, so you know he he's killing it in Moto Three right now. He hasn't gotten a podium yet, but you know. Oh, it's, it's coming. He's done three pole positions. Like you know, it's coming. He he's a very talented guy. I raced with him in the first. I think the first two years of the Rookies Cup, he was in it. Yeah. Uh, or or just the first one, and then he had left. I don't know. It was something like that. But I for sure raced with him my first my first year. And I remember yeah. I, I was going into the end of the end of the back straight. So into the hairpin corner at Jerez, which is I, yes. I, what what corner is that? I forgot what corner it's called. Oh, I, I know it too. I've been there. I've been in the track, so I know what you're talking it, about. Back straight hairpin. So it's very hard breaking. And I remember I was it was my first test, and I'm just tucked in. I'm just going. And I start feeling that someone's coming up to my left. So on the outside line, right? But I'm Ah, what am I saying? I, he wasn't even passing me on the straight yet. I'm just, I'm just going tucking in. I'm going to the, to the, to the breaking zone, and I start breaking. And as I start breaking, this guy passes me still on the, on the throttle, and he gets on the brake like five feet in front of me, with his leg out, with the bike on the curbing, on like kind of like sliding the thing sideways, and I'm just looking at him while I'm on the <laughs> That's what I have to do. That was the biggest oh shit for 13-year-old Sean. And I said, wow. So, so Raul Fernandez made you go, oh shit. Yeah. And I've never told him that story. I never will either. But I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. When I see him, I'm going, hey, guess. I, I'm not going to tell him that story. But, you know, it, it's different now because, you know, last year it was because last year at the end of the year, you know, I did my Moto2 debut and. Uh, he was riding, you know, he was riding because yes. he won the world championship. And then there, there was me doing my Moto2 debut and I just saw him and I don't always remember this story, but now that you brought it up, it, it is funny, you know, that I, I see him all the time, but he was really one of my first oh shit moments being in the Rooks Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I love Brock. You know, he doesn't speak a lot of English. I mean, I don't think his English is that well, speak that well, but I've always seen him in the, in the Alpine Star. He's always so nice to me. Yeah. And I, man, I think that kid, it, it, like, he's like Mark Marquez in the sense of, I remember when Nick Harris said about Mark Marquez, he goes, you know, he was crashing a lot. And he goes, when he gets it down, when he realizes it, then this kid is going to be something special. And I think Raul Fernandez is going to be the I think he's going to be the same way. Once he learns, because he's, you know, he's, you know, you know how Moto3 is, man, that first year in. I don't care who you are. That first year Moto3, I mean, that's a street fight. It really is. That's a street fight. You don't know who's going to win. And once he learns, I think Ralph Fernandez is going to be a beast. But I remember being in Valencia, and I remember being in a hotel, and I met some guy named Michael Torres, and we talked. And, and I was like, oh, okay, so you're with Sean Kelly, okay. And I remember looking for you that weekend, but you were so big. I remember being so happy for you because you were in Moto2, and, I, and that's like that step before, you know, the, the dream, dream, dream is realized. Yeah. I remember being so happy, but that's the one time I didn't see you the entire weekend because, you know, you were, you were busy doing what you had to do, and I realized that. And I was kind of upset, but that's when me and Brandon split a hotel room. Brandon stayed with me for a hotel room, but he told me all about that, and I was so happy for you, man. And I want to ask you, what is it about racing in Europe that is so much, like, they're, like their racing is so much more advanced in here? Like, can you, for people who don't race, people like my, my, my producer, Wyatt, I try to explain motorcycle racing to him. He's a basketball player, so he's, un, he's not really into real sports, but I try to tell him about what motorcycle racing is and why the European, that why racing in Europe, the talent is so much greater than here in America. Yeah, why is it, it, it's surprising the difference, right? So, uh, Honestly, it all starts with how unfortunate that, you know, how the racing is right now in the States, because we know that even though the Moto America it has definitely 
grown the last few years in the name of Moto America. AMA Superbike used to be something huge yes. years ago. You know, it used yes. to be one of the biggest championships in, in, of, of motorcycle racing, period. Um, but, you know, right now it, it's at a different level. And I feel like this all starts, this all starts from, from little kids. It all starts with the passion, you know. When you go to Europe and you go uh, to talk to anyone at a, at a bar or at a restaurant and you ask who Mark Marquez is, everyone knows who, who, he, who he is, you know. If yeah. you go here in the U.S. to anyone and ask who Mark Marquez or, or Valentino Rossi, who's even more famous, who he is, half people don't know, you know. Right. And by right. half that, I'm saying easy numbers. It's, it's 99% of the people don't know who they are because right. it's not something that we grow up with, you know. And at the end of the day, because they grow up with that so much in Europe, it's it's just part of you know it's part of the lifestyle you know motorcycle racing over there is is something it's like football here right so it, it's something that if you're going if you are born into it you're going to grow with it and that's that's the case over there in the states and sorry in in europe and that's why i feel like that's why racing is so big over there right because you start at three years old you're going to have that many riders you're going to have that many bikes you're going to have that many championships and just track availability, right? You know, there's way a hundred percent more tracks over there than there is here, and it just grows like that exponentially in, in so many different directions, right? It's so many yeah. things when it comes to talking about this. I, I that's but that's in a way, in a way, that's where being in a niche sport in the United States, that's where in a, the advantages are is right now actually being to be able to talk to you because if it was like basketball or football, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to talk to a professional athlete, you know, but. But the the accessibility for people like myself to talk to you guys, and whatever, and to see it and being in the paddock and to see that man, that's what I love about this sport. And so, you know, those guys, he said those guys started three years old, four years old, but with you, you started what at five. Yeah. So how did you? And like I said, with your parents not having that background, what was it that made you go, ah? What was your aha moment? Because you're at that age, and you know, like I, I got a five year old at home, and he's playing with you know like dinosaurs, and he's doing whatever, just being a kid. But what was it about motorcycles in particular that just made you go, you don't, you didn't lose that love, and it just grew into a passion? Yeah. So honestly, it, first it started when I was three years old, because at three years old I was already riding with no training wheels on a bicycle. And that's already kind of impressive, right? So no kidding, yeah. I, I, I think my parents already there kind of realized that there was something wrong with me. So <laughs> I think that, <laughs> I think that was a good a good first eye opener for them. Yeah. Uh, and then when I was five, you know, I asked them to, to go ride go karts. Uh, I wasn't old enough to go ride go karts here locally, but surprisingly, there was a little pocket bike at the place where they let them, they let me ride. Uh, yeah. Don't know how my parents let me ride that day at five years old. But I rode, and at that point, I remember my I remember my dad asking me after that day, riding that little pocket bike. Uh, he just asked. I was still on the bike, and he just looked at me. I don't even know how I remember this. I have bad memory, but I do remember this one little thing. He asked me, "Did you like it?" Yes, of course. And he said, "Okay." And like that was a question that pretty much said, "All right, then that means we need to do the next step, right?" And, and it's seriously, it was a step-by-step -step process. Like from there, uh, my parents actually found a half-built bike and ended up fixing it for me, a PW80. And I feel like that's really when it started, right? Because I started uh, at six years old with that PW80 and I started doing the local races. And I, I just started doing pretty well, you know, for being the local races, I started doing podiums and I started winning the races. And at first it really started like as a hobby, you know, it just started as a, oh, okay, you know, he likes racing, he's... He's good locally, so let's just keep on going. So I started getting, you know, better how of you know, better fitting helmets, you know, the better better stuff, you know, and I slowly just slowly started, you know, gaining that experience on the bike. And once I got to seven years old, I got on a on a KTM fifty that my dad got for me. And it was really up, you know, the first five years is really just a hobby, you know. Yeah. An expensive hobby for my parents, unfortunately, but uh, it started like that until, really until we got to, when would I say? So I say really like 2014 going into 2015 was, was a bit of a, a stepping year for me because mm -hmm. even though 2015, I didn't do anything spectacular in terms of what I raced. I, I raced the KTM 390 Cup in Mexico. So not a, not a huge, huge championship, but already 
making that move of, you know, having to go to Mexico to race and having to do a, a more professional setup, you know, being in Mexico, they, they had a pretty nice championship over there with media and stuff. That was a bit of a, of a switch to, okay, we're wasting a bit more money. We're, we're starting to travel and maybe we should start taking it a bit more seriously, you know? And at yeah. that point, uh, I was training really, really often on, on mini bikes and I was, uh, pretty much fully dedicated to it. You know, I, I had actually stopped playing soccer because of that. Cause being Argentinian boy, you know, being from my parents, Argentinian, Messi. of course, of course, you know, my mom, my hey, long hair playing, playing soccer. I mean, of course I, I had to do it. Right. So, um, I, I think when I was, I started playing when I was like six and by the time I was 10, I told my mom, I said, mom, like the soccer practices are the same as they changed like the, the, the practice, you know, the, the sessions or, or the date, yeah. the schedule. Yeah. And it was like the same day, motorcycle or, or, or soccer. And I looked at my mom, I'm like, no more soccer. I'm sorry. And that, that was it. Like from one day to the other, soccer went out and, and racing just completely over, you know, open, open the mouth and ate everything. So really? Yeah. No. Now, did you, did you have, but did you have a passion for soccer also at that age though? So I, I liked it. And I was pretty good. I wasn't, I wasn't horrible. Like I was actually, you know, I, I got a trophy from it. I got, I got most valuable player trophy when I was 10. Oh shit. Look at you trying to be all, look at, I look at you. Well, I got ready. I mean, I'm just saying I was voted <laughs> most, most valuable person to succeed Messi, but you know, I'm just, you know, just saying, do my thing. Just say, the only reason I say that is because I suck now. So I try to like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Don't even give me that shit. Don't even give me, yeah, that's the thing about you, man. You, you're so nice and everything, but you know, good damn well you probably had a, a had a to the to the premier league probably had a contract to the premier league at, at 10 and go now nah, i'm gonna race these motorcycles see where this, see where this takes me <laughs> don't give me that man you, you probably gonna sign with arsenal and they go you want to come here mike and you go now nah, i'm gonna see what this motorcycle thing brings me. <laughs> uh, hey 100 i liked it you know i wasn't i don't think i had that much passion for it i really just did it more because yeah. it was a family thing and i was i was all right, right so I, I enjoyed doing it but like I said, once I saw racing was was the priority, I I did completely went for that. So, now this this one may sound like a stupid question, whatever. But what is it about racing that you love? I mean, what is it that you I mean that you absolutely love? And I know it's not like a stupid question, but for somebody like me, and I tell the people all the time when I interview, I go, look, I'm a wannabe. I'm the kid on the outside looking in. I mean, I wish. I was you. I wish my parents had supported me into that endeavor, and I never did it. So it's like I'm living my uh, youth through you guys. So what is it about racing that you just love? That I mean, that's in your blood. That you just go, oh, I love this shit. Yeah. So that's actually that's not, that's not a dumb question at all. It's actually a really good question because it could it could be like a really deep conversation just by itself, you know. And um, I think it all starts really that. I'm an adrenaline junkie to begin with. So yeah. I, I go for anything that has adrenaline and it's, it's not only motorcycle racing. You know, I, I, I like everything that has speed. I like everything that involves adrenaline. I just, I love it. You know, it, it I, I seriously feel that. And I think that's that, that's that passion that I have for racing as well. Right. That, um, it's just the adrenaline that, that goes through you, you know, before, before racing and before everything. And, um, Honestly, there's also so much more to it, right? That, you know, that kind of leads in also into competitiveness. You know, I'm, I'm quite the competitive guy. And um, I also, I just like to, to test myself, right? I, I feel like that's also why I, thanks to Michael Torres, as you know, he's my coach. And uh, he's really taught me to, to kind of love myself as a human, right? To, yes. As an athlete. And I, yes. I have to, to now, you know, push myself and, and, uh, not only physically, but also mentally, right? And see, like, right. uh, that's why I feel like now I feel so strong physically and mentally because of that, that I feel like I, 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 I've learned to, you know, search for my limits and, and, and I've learned to translate that into the race weekends, you know, and into racing. And I feel like that connection for me is something that I can, I can literally live for, right, so in, in my day-to-day. -day. So, um it's just so much passion for it and so much love and so much, uh, so much that goes around it. 
Okay, now, how do you deal with the, the mental aspect of the racing? Because there's, there's a, a training, obviously, which is, I mean, the physical part, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, no offense, I'm sure it's hard to rate, but how do you get to the mental part? Because what I'm trying to get at is, I saw you as, like I said, you went to the Red Bull Rookies Cup that last year. You had a great year. I think you had like seven or eight top tens. And, and then, you got, like I said, 16, you set the pole record in a, in a damn near 80-year race at 16. You come over, and then you, you did the double your rookie year at, at the, I think it's Pittsburgh. You did the double. You won, and, I mean, you're kicking ass. So this year I'm thinking, you know what, you're going you're gonna to cakewalk this. And out of nowhere, at least for me, out of nowhere comes this kid, Richie Escalante. And, and I don't know him, and I'm not throwing shade at either of you at all, but I just go, man, where'd this kid come from? And now we have a championship on our hands. Because I, I saw you cakewalking this. I said, man, Sean's going to – I thought it was me, you and Brandon probably. Yeah. And then who is this Richie Escalante, and how are you dealing with that mentally? Because it's a, it's a great series, and I see you – you know, I know you, so I see you going 100%, and you guys go back and forth – and then it's like he hits a switch and and he's gone. And then you know you went to Washington and you did your you did your thuggy thizzle in Washington and you know you were back. And it's like how do you deal with that mentally with this new with this kid coming in? Because like I said, I saw you win the championship, and I'm sure mentally I don't know how you saw it coming into the season. Did you see yourself winning the championship? And now it's like okay, I, I'm in, I'm in a 12 round fight right now, and it's and I don't know where I'm at on the scorecard. So how are you dealing with that mentally? Yeah, so. Definitely a, a tough, a tough 2020 season so far. And the truth is, um, there's other factors on the line that we can't control. And that begins with what we're fighting on, which means what, what we're racing on, right? Right. I, I'm racing on a Jixxer 600. He's racing on a Kawasaki 636. I hate talking about, I hate putting excuses. I hate talking about the bike. I've already talked about it, you know, throughout the season because I've had to because of, you know, the season and stuff. But um, at the end of the day, it's the numbers, you know, the numbers don't lie. He's, he's clearly at a, at a, you know, on a 636 that has more CCs than any other bike on the super sport grid. And that 636 is illegal in world super sport for a reason. Right. But (laughs) It's legal in Moto America Super Sport because it's Moto America. Right. Honestly. Okay. okay. Well, there, there you go. There you go. Oh, but okay. Now, so what do you say? Okay, you know, you know, coming to the grid, you're going to be, you're, 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 up, you're up against it. Let's put it that way. You're up against it. So, what do you? Is it like I got to get this whole shot, or maybe I can rough him up? Not rough him up, like you know, give him that little. Rossi kick when 215 against Marquez and Sepang, but kind of rough him up to where, like, I can disturb his rhythm and hopefully maybe Brandon can disturb his rhythm and I can get this, eat this victory out. Yeah, and, and that's that's really how, how it, it, we have no other option at this point because he's won okay. 11 races. He won the first six in a row, I think. Um, and, you know, we, we already knew going into the first round that, you know, this same guy, the same Richie Escalante, has been in the super sport class for, I think, five five years now, mm-hmm. which means he has a lot of experience on a 600, right? A lot of experience right. on, a, on a, well, on a 600 or whatever you want to call it, uh, on, on a super sport bike. And, and honestly, so I, I, have a, <laughs> I have a pretty good relationship with the guy. I take nothing away from him. He's a great, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a great writer. I, I give him props and I, I have always respected him as a writer all this season long because I definitely know he's a good writer. But, you know, last year he was on an R6. He was on a, on a good R6, just like, mm-hmm. just like PJ was last year, just like Brandon is this year. Uh, and now, you know, last year he, he, hadn't won, he hadn't won any race. And now he jumps on a 636, and now he's winning every single race, right? It's kind of like Barry Bonds when, like, b- before he got on steroids, uh, allegedly – he was hitting like I don't know 40, 50 home runs, and then all of a sudden he comes the next year, twenty pounds heavier, and he hitting like eighty home runs. Like, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a hundred percent the package, right? Like, Kawasaki just said, okay, we have a six thirty six that we can run. They got a good team together. They got Graves working with him, and they made the bike work really, really good. And everything helps, you know. So he's got the package that we're trying our absolute best, everything we can. You know, last weekend at Barber. I've, I rode the fastest a Suzuki has ever gone at Barber and ever. 
Um, but I'm still, I still got second in both races and I'm still now 0.4 off of the new track record, which Richie sent on the 636. Right. Oh so, God. so how do you deal with that mentally then? How do you, you, you know, it, it, it's definitely tough, right? It's not, it, I, I can't say it's easy. I can't say it's something that I'm so honestly, I, I'll restart this. It's, I'm taking this, okay. I'm taking this the best way possible. Right. And the best right. way possible is, is to look at what I'm doing. And at the end of the right. day, what I'm doing is I know that I'm giving my 100%. And if I give my 100%, I'm going to go to sleep well tonight. That yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go to sleep well every single night. If I know that I gave my 100%. And at the end of the day, if I know that the guy next to me is on a more powerful bike, then what do I have to stress about? Right. Yeah. Am I, am I, am I a little bit frustrated that I feel like the championship, you know, was kind of taken away from me. I wouldn't say taken away, but that I wasn't given a fair chance. Okay. Maybe yes. But at the end of the day, you know, I feel like the people that know, they already know this, you know, they, they know that he's on a, on a 636 and they know that he's on a very competitive bike and they see that I'm giving everything I can with, with the machine that I'm on, you know, uh, and but it's also not all but it's not over yet it's not over yet things can happen it's racing 100 percent. i at the end I, i'm not 100 i'm not 100 points down right i'm only okay only 40 points down there's still four races left so anything can happen you know at, the race, at washington i i was setting a really good pace out up front and both brandon and richie uh went down behind me so i i gained 25 points just just that race alone you know so for sure. I'm not giving up, you know, I'm giving my 100%. Uh, you saw that, you know, at, at Barber, I, I try to rough them up the first few laps as much as I could. Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. And, and it's funny, yes, you know, you I just, I'm happy with that, you know, just knowing that I gave my 100% and uh, like for me to walk away saying that, okay, yeah, I only got second, but I really, you know, I, I ran the fastest Suzuki has ever gone at Barber. I roughed them up for five laps and then, and then he did his thing. That's fine. You know, like we already, we're already, you know, 70, 80% through the season. And I already know this, right. We already know that he's on a, on what he's on and it, it is what it is. We can only do what we can do. But there, like, you can only control what you can control. Exactly. And I'm, I'm still a hundred percent motivated. Like to me, really what, I, how I'm taking it now is like having, it's like the pig with the carrot in front of him. Right. To me, he's that, he's like, he's not even a carrot. He's like a big piece of steak. I love steak. And he's just way out there. So it's a hundred percent what it is. And, and it's like, I'm also thinking about my future, right? I feel like for my future, winning this championship would be really good for me. Obviously, you know, who wouldn't want a super sport championship, but I also, I, I feel like I'm having to push myself so much that this is helping me build as a person. Build as Mentally a, it's helping you. It's totally building. I, I feel like I'm the strongest I've ever been physically and mentally after we started the season and, and it's because I have such a hard task to work with, you know? Yes. Because that's helping you knowing that, knowing what you know. And honestly, we talked about this with Michael and Michael didn't tell me about the, uh, about the engine, about the, what Richie's running. But I asked, I asked him about that. Cause I asked him about you. I said, how is Sean dealing with that mentally? And he goes, Hey man, he's giving a hundred percent. And he said almost exactly what you said. He goes, at the end of the day, you give 100%. Hey, man, you, you really can't be that disappointed. And now, knowing what I know now, now I'm like, I get it now. I mean, because there's so much more that people like myself, we don't see. And, and the fact that you said that now, I'm like, oh, but it's also making you ride. I mean, you may, it may ride above your head or making or bringing out a different level in you knowing that. And that, that's exactly what it is. It's definitely had to bring out. I'm having to, you know, peel off parts of my own skin that I've never even hit, right? And yeah. at the end of the day, like, if I wanna, if I wanna dedicate my my future to this, this is the type of season that I need. Because if this would have been uh, an easy season for me, maybe my level wouldn't be as high as it is right now, right? So, a hundred percent, that's what that's what it is, and uh, I just, I'm just looking at it from the from the positive side. Dude, I think that is beautiful for you for you to say because he, he said you can only control what you control you what you can control, and I just think it, now that I know that it's now I really 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 have this now I'm looking at the races different, and now I appreciate what you're doing, dude. Like you said, 
You got to rough him up from the beginning. Get that whole shot. Maybe and do what uh, Espargo did to uh, Fabio last week. When he said in the interview, he goes, I knew it was the Yamaha coming out of the corner. So I just kind of blocked him a little bit so he couldn't yeah, give yeah. me the straight. He basically said he was being a dick is what he said basically he was doing. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, that's what he, in, in, in layman's terms, he was being a dick to Fabio yeah. and blocking his line. And I thought that was beautiful. But you got to do what you got to do. And it's racing. In the day, when the visor goes down, it's a race. It's not Facebook. You know, you want friends, you go to Facebook. It's racing. Yeah, exactly. And it and it's like you say, you know, now that now that you understand what the scenario is, you that's all you need to do, right? You just need to understand. Like maybe other people that don't see it as of right now, they're like, okay, you know, Sean, they expected him to go in and and, and you know completely dominate the super sport, but eh, he's only really, you know, getting a few first bases, but mostly second. So they look at it and they're like, ah, oh, what's going on? But now, like, for example, you, now that you understand what the situation is, you're like, oh, that's different, right? And that's, that's yes. exactly what I had to do uh, at, at the, you know, the last, not the last two rounds, I haven't talked about it again, because it was time for me to stop talking about it. But uh, the two rounds, I, I was publicly talking about the situation, right? Publicly talking about, we're racing against the 636, and we are on a 600. I had to go out and say that. And of course, there's going to be people that said, like you said, oh, wow, I didn't even know that. And there's people that say, oh, he's a whiner. You know, he's uh, he's putting yeah. excuses. And honestly, I don't care. I know there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be haters that say always. that. Um, yeah. But honestly, the response wasn't too bad. The response was more of people like you saying, oh, I didn't know that. And the main reason I was making it public is because Motor America wasn't making it public. They weren't saying, oh, Richie's on a 636. Sean Dylan Kelly's on a 600, Brandon Patch is on a 600. They weren't even saying it, right? So the people don't know. The people, they watch the races, and they just think it's the super sport class, like it's always been. But that's not really yes. the case. You know, there's there's numbers that need to be focused on that haven't been. So I really made it quite public. I got a little bit of hate from it. But the, the best response was, was really guys like you that said, oh, wow, okay, thank you for letting us know. You know, and now people look at it from a different way, and and – I think it's it's something that, again, I'm I'm not trying to you know taking anything away from Richie. Uh, right. I think he deserves the respect for being a good rider and, and being consistent. Uh, right. But it, it also goes the other way. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And and like I said, I'm glad you cleared that up for me and everybody. I I love that you cleared it up for me. You know what I mean? Like you said, I mean he is a talented rider because you can have that those CCs, but if you're not a talented enough to win with it, then I mean sure. I, you know sure. it, it, it's, it's just going away. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, good for him, but, and it was going to lead me to this. Have you ever had the red mist? I mean, I, I always want to know, because I like, I know you're a nice guy and everything, but I'm thinking there had to be a time where some rider pissed you off. You go, you know what? I'm going to get you back from here. Because I always tell people, if there's a rivalry in MotoGP, that shit actually started when they were 13 at a track that no one knows about. When somebody puts somebody in a gravel trap, you put a 13-year-old in a gravel trap, they're going to remember that shit for the rest of their life. So have you ever had the red mist? Every single race when I have that guy in front of me. Really? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I swear, man. I swear. I'm not even lying. Like, it's been growing every single race. It's been growing on me. Oh, that is uh, great to hear. And, and I love it. it. It's been good. You know, it's been good because this is this is what I need, you know, for my future. I need that. I need to have that chip in my head. That's, I feel like this is something that I lacked uh, a little bit last year, definitely in the Rookies Cup, I just liked having that chip of saying, you know, attack. You know, I, I liked having that relentless chip in my head. And that's definitely what I built last year, but I, I kind of established more this year, right? And yeah. and, it, and it's just showing with, you know, with the way I'm racing and the way I'm able to, to fight against this guy this year. Um and, and it just, it makes, it makes everything feel better. Right. Like I, I feel like I had two proper, so I had three wins this year, but Washington, the two guys fell behind me. So it, it's a different feel, right. When the two guys crash out, but Atlanta at, you know, I think it was the third weekend or fourth weekend of the season. Uh, I won against Richie. It was a two way battle. We were battling the, the entire race and I beat him on the last lap, the last corner. I remember that. That was by far, you know, up to that point, the best, the best feeling uh, win I had gotten because I had beat this guy after he was, you know, unstoppable for three weekends. I had beat him 
on the last lap, on the last corner, on the brakes, and it was just it was it was awesome, right? But then he went out the next day and he you know beat me by by five seconds. So I kind of finished with this this flavor that I didn't like. But then New Jersey, which was now you know a week and a half ago, it was just before Barbie this weekend. Um, a technical issue on Saturday. And I was I was barely able to finish in third because of a bike problem. But they figured out the problem for Sunday. My bike was running good again. And on Sunday I go out, and it's me, Richie, Brandon, and a couple other guys at the top group, right? And I see I see Richie go by me, and I didn't give him a shot. I pass him the next corner. One lap later, Richie goes by me. I pass him one corner later. Like I was I was completely. I was just, I was so dedicated to, to getting by him at any little moment I could that I was just attacking. I was just attacking at my 100%. And it was good that I, the, that track isn't uh, an easy, it wasn't so good for, for his bike. So he wasn't able to escape, you know, the 12 second like he does at other tracks. But he was still, you know, it was still the, the small bike differences that, I would be faster in some spots. He would be faster in other spots. So it was this good racing going on. And it was good that, you know, Brandon and other guys were able to, to, to be involved in the group. Cause when I got by him, it wasn't only me, you know, Brandon could, could jump in or, or Almeida or all the, these guys. So, uh, you know, two laps to go at New Jersey, we were still fighting and that was already, you know, actually he went by with four laps, with four laps remaining at Jersey, he went by on Sunday and I knew that, when it's four laps to go, that's usually when he pulls the pin because he, yeah. since not only is his bike a 636, but he also has electronics. He has traction control, which my, my Suzuki doesn't have. And Are you serious? Yeah, so the, the R6s also come with, with traction control, but they don't really, they don't use it on the dry. They only really use it in wet. The the Jixxer 600 has no electronics, but the 636 does have electronics. And it seems to be working quite well. Because you could hear it, you could literally hear it. So the, the, he always has better tire wear than all of us because he, you know, he, he's able to reserve more tires. Whatever, for whatever reason, you can choose whatever reason you want. He has better tire wear at the end of the at the end of the race, right? So when it comes four laps to go, he gets by me, and I say, okay, I know this guy's gonna want to go, but I'm not gonna let him. Like that was like, oh, it was a hundred percent. That was my mentality, and and I was I was able to get him back the best moves that I've ever done and it was it was a clean pass but it was in a spot that I wasn't even expecting to pass him and I was able to start the last lap in first and lead the whole whole lead the whole race and he was behind me but Pash was able to pass him in the last the last lap as well so I was able to beat beat Richie and Brandon and and, and that was by far up to this point the best race that I've had because it was just fought the entire race around I beat you know that guy on that thing from first lap to last lap and it just it felt so good right and and to me it's you know it goes back to to thinking about that red mist right it's i find it incredible that even like this last weekend right like knowing that last weekend at barber he had pretty much had he had a half a second advantage on me pretty much all weekend pretty much all weekend from first session to qualifying one to qualifying two he always had this half a second advantage and it was you know uh, from one side, I'm like, okay, he's have a second advantage, but I knew that I was going a second and a half faster than I had last year. So I knew that at my job, I was doing my job. I was, I was happy with what I was doing, but I, it, it, him, right. But I still went into the first race with my mentality of, I don't care what I'm going to do. I'm going to bother him. I'm going to make him uncomfortable. Right. And that's exactly what I did. It, I was only able to do it for five laps of the, of the 19, but that was already, I already, I, my mission was accomplished, right? My mission on Barber was to go faster than I did last year and to play with him. And I did it. I, I did that and I five laps and I did some pretty good passes. So that, that to me is like, that's just what I go out to every single race, you know, even though I'm going to know then he's going to, you know, gap me by, by eight seconds or whatever it is, you know, but whatever, I, I, I'm already living with that. I know it's going to, I know that's not something that I could do. That that's not something that I could that I can. It's uh, uh, not something I can control, right? Yeah. The fact that he has what he has and that he can gap me, but I know that I can bother him the first five laps. I will, and that that's it, right? That's my mentality, and I feel like that's. I'm very happy about that. I'm very. 
I don't want to sound cocky, but I'm proud of myself to be able to, to be, you know, mentally at that spot that I, I don't get, I don't get down after something like that. Right. I feel like I'm, I'm still building. That's beautiful, man. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I've always wanted to know the mind of a champion. And that's what you, and I love that, man, because, you know, it's like everybody sees the smiles and the, after the race yeah. and shaking hands. But I love to see that. Like you said, I don't care if it sounds cocky. I knew what I had to do when I did it. Because, hey, like I said, you want friends, you go to Facebook. Once that visor goes down, man, it's every person for themselves. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful, man. I love the way, I love the way you threw it down for all of us because that's what you got to do. To be a champion, you got to do things like yeah. that you got to be uncomfortable you got things you don't want to do when you did it so good for you know i'm always going to root for you bro i mean honestly from the moment we first met i was like i love this kid and i knew i was talking to somebody else and i can't remember her name but i remember she was telling me she goes you know we're talking about you and it was a, and i was in coda at the time we were talking about you and i go don't you just love sean kelly and she goes you know what he, they were digging and like i think like where the, the crews discard their old race tires and you guys were getting those out of the trash or whatever and using them and i was like really go yeah and that's why like when you see somebody like yourself and where you are now it just man i mean like like i said i watched the red bull rookies cup for you and i like i said that was that was murderer's role because correct me if i'm wrong you, you had the on brothers in there didn't you yeah so i actually i qualified front row it was uh, Chan Onku first, Dennis Onku second, and I qualified third. Those crazy-ass Turk brothers, man. And the funny thing about it, they're twins, but one of them is substantially bigger than the yeah, other one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how does that work out? They're, they're twins, twins, but, they're one twins of, but they're not twins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of them is big as me, and the other one looks like <laughs> the other one needs a booster seat. Yeah. I mean, how is that possible? Yeah, big time, big time. They're twins. Yeah. They're, but they're good. They're, they're talented. They're good. They're good. But let, let me tell you what, before we get out of here, man, because I, I got the thing to wrap it up, the, I could talk to you all day, Sean. But first of all, I want to say, man, I'm so, like I said, so happy for you. And first of all, thanks for doing this for Absolutely. me. But I'm so, like I said, now knowing what I know now, I, mean, I was already rooting for you in the first place. So that, that, was, that was a given. Yeah. But now that I know, now I'm really like, oh, take it to him. And I have nothing against Rich. Don't get me wrong. I don't even know the guy. Of course. But, you know, I'm just like, now I'm like, come on, Sean. So, and I think I know the I think I know the answer to this question. But I'm gonna ask you anyway. What is the overall goal five years from now? Where is Sean Kelly? Five years from now, where is Sean Kelly? MotoGP. And don't hold back. I don't care if it sounds cocky. Five years from now, where are you MotoGP. at? MotoGP. That that's a hundred percent what what I've been working for since day one. That's the ultimate dream for me, and uh, we're still working really, really that right. So uh, I feel like I feel like I'm headed in the right direction. Uh, I'm not 100% sure of what I'm doing next year yet, but I think it's looking. Wow. I think it's looking. I think it's looking good. Uh, and I'm just, you know, at the end of the day, MotoGP World Championship is is the goal. To be world champion is the dream, and I'm gonna do everything I can to get there. And and that's it. Oh, that's man. That's that hits me. That hits me in the feels, brother. I mean that because I I know you're gonna do that. You know what I mean? Like you got a great team. You got first of all, you got the love of the family, and that 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 helps. You just explain that. So that right there, that settles your mind. And then you got a great coach and Michael. So man, you've got it all, bro. Like I said, man, you got the whole world in your hands, brother. You got the Hollywood looks. You got the great smile. That and you finally cut your hair. I mean, you, <laughs> you've got everything, brother. And you got the talent. <laughs> Say what now? I said I'm not at your level when it comes to the hair yet, but we'll see. Oh, <laughs> look at him throwing shade, that motherfucker. Yeah, I I'm being nice to he talks about me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was a good one, Sean. I like that, brother. Yeah, when you come to, if you get time and come to Indy early, let's go race go karts, and I'll show you how it's done. Right. Go race. If you come to Indy early, All right. All right. okay. Let's try and organize that. Let's do that, bro. You organize. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't working. I ain't doing nothing, man. So, yeah, let's do that, man. So, man, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with me. I know, like, you know, you, your schedule's busy. Are you still in school, by the way? Are you still in school? Or you uh, out? So, I, I finished high school, but I'm doing college courses. Oh, my God. Why? You're gonna be you're gonna be a GP star. You you can read and write. I mean, honestly, once you're on around a motorcycle, it's it's a cakewalk. Side, side, Education's overrated. Education's overrated. Hustling, man. There's always gonna be a, a another way, a, a better way. So, 
It, Look at this guy. Look at the, wait, If you run for public office, I am voting for you, and I mean that. This guy, you hear him? Th this is what I'm talking about. I mean, first of all, I hang out with Brandon Posh. He introduced me to Little Baby. I don't know who Little Baby was until we got in the car. He's blacker than me. I'm like, who's this guy, Little Baby? And so, seriously, Brandon was so black, I said, hey, man, if we get pulled up by the cops, let me do the talking. That's how black Brandon is. <laughs> Dude, that's the funniest then, thing I've ever heard of Brandon. It, it really it's is. So man, I'm going, Who's this? Part. That is so true. That's fucking fucking hilarious. <laughs> it, that is. Brandon, man, we had the greatest time in Valencia. I'll tell you stories off there. We had the greatest time in Valencia. And so, man, yeah. So I wish you nothing but the best, bro. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Kick ass. Always going to be in your corner. Sean Dylan Kelly. Uh, follow him on Instagram. At, uh, what, what's your Instagram? The official title for Instagram. At Sean Dylan Kelly. At Sean Dylan Kelly. He's a champion through and through. He's going to be the super sport champion. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate you, brother. Get your schoolwork done. Get your training done. And one of these days, I'm going to kick your ass in go-karts when you come to Indianapolis. All right, buddy? I don't know what the kick-ass part, but we'll see. <laughs> Thank you, PT. Thank I love it. Thanks for love it. Out. I'll give you the red mist. <laughs> you know it. It's building all the time. <laughs> Thanks. All right, man. Take it easy, buddy. Thank you so much. And like we said, like this time, always on Tales from a Gen BT. Hey.